Talk, where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. I, I have. Great to have you with us on this Friday. It is a Brewers Outlet Day. It's the first full weekend of summer officially. So you need to stock up. And happy 50th anniversary to Brewers Outlet. Great party last Friday. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Pickle bar, led by the barrels, led by the dill. Second to none. All at Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. I am sitting here in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We've had a great week uh, this week, including Mike Kosicki, who joined us yesterday from Florida, now with the Miami Dolphins. It was great to hear from Mike. We had Frank Bodani on this week. Uh, we can go through a long list of people we had on this week. Today's show, oh, we are loaded to the gills today. So, And we're going to hit a, a wide variety here. We're going to get World Cup with Joey Galeno of Yahoo Sports in just a few minutes. We're going to get Paul Alexander's perspective on a wide variety of topics from Pittsburgh at 335. 406, Rich Scarcella, Redding Eagle. I talked to Rich about Penn State football, some of the articles he's written for Lindy's and for the Penn State Football Annual, but also a little bit of basketball because Lonnie Walker of Reading got picked by the San Antonio Spurs last night. And in the final half hour, my brother to put a bow on the show and the week. Tony Carr got picked last night. Tony ended up in a, uh, I think, I think I said the two destinations earlier in the week. I said I po- I thought possibly for Tony were Detroit or New Orleans. And Jeremy Wu was on the show from Sports Illustrated. I'm trying to think, we had Jeremy on Friday or Monday. And in his mock draft, he had Tony going to New Orleans. Well, New Orleans did end up being the spot. What's great about there's two areas that are great about that for Tony Carr. Number one, he is the only player New Orleans selected. They didn't have a first-round pick, so he is the only guy. And they admit freely they were shocked that this is their this is their GM that Tony fell to them. And number two, New Orleans is thin when it comes to the guard spot. Not a point guard. I would expect them to do whatever they can to re-sign Rajon Rondo to go with Boogie Cousins and to go with uh, Anthony Davis, but they are thin on guards. Tony will start out with their summer league team. So it pays off for him. Now the argument about whether he could have improved his stock had he stayed an additional year. It is true that next year's class of one-and-dones is thinner than this year. That is true. So you might have a few more veteran players selected next year. But we also don't know what the European crop is like. 
And rarely do you improve your stock in this draft if you don't enter it. It's just the way the NBA is. Miles Bridges got picked in the spot that he would have been picked in probably last year. Mo Wagner probably would have been a second-round pick last year, so he did improve his spot. He ended up at the end of the first round. Now, would Tony end up at the end of the first round if he stayed another year? It's just hard to say because there's so many variables. Look at all the different names that were selected last night on all the different countries that were selected last night. You don't know if somebody wants to do a, you know, you know, a pick and stash. I mean, that happens all the time, especially with the European players. You just don't know. And so it's one thing, I think, to look at a football player and say you can improve your stock if you come back. I think that has greater odds of happening as opposed to the NBA. The NBA is so targeted on on, uh, on potential. As I said yesterday, there is not a player in this draft that is going to take a mediocre team and make them better. It's, it's going to, uh, my apologies. is is. There's not a player in this draft that's going to take a mediocre team and suddenly make them into a playoff contender. Now, in conjunction with some other players, for example, take DeAndre Ayton, the Suns already have the youngest team in the league, so now they add another young, talented part in there. So are they better? Yes, there's no question the Suns are better. Are they closer to making the playoffs by getting him? Yes. Are they going to make the playoffs? Boy, that's a long shot because they, they still have a ways to go. Now let's flip it to the other part, the guys that are outside the lottery. Now this is where I remember I talked about this the last few days, that this draft was loaded with guys that if they went to a playoff team or one that was on the edge of being a playoff team, they would make a difference and make them better. So let's go to Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker is a guy where I said, you know, I said, Lonnie Walker, lottery, eh, you know, eh. But the situation changed for Lonnie Walker. He ended up not being a lottery pick. He ended up going to the San Antonio Spurs. Now Ant went to, okay. See, Lonnie Walker will help the San Antonio Spurs. He will be now. He's not going to be a a 20-point-a-game guy right away, but he's gone to a great situation, surrounded by veterans, doesn't have to carry the load, doesn't have to walk in and be the savior, any of that stuff. He can be a part of and help them win. Now, that's different. Robert Williams. Here's a guy who, by staying an extra year at Texas A&M, probably saw his stock drop. But it dropped to the Boston Celtics. And when the Sixers traded Mikhail Bridges last night and got Zaire Smith, the Sixers, to me, went from a draft winner to a draft loser and the Celtics, by picking 27, passed them out because they got Al Horford's backup, who's a rim runner. You know, I, you know, obviously I saw Williams play in person twice this past season, including against Penn State. He is a rim runner, a dunker, great rebounder, heck of a shot blocker, 
probably is five to eight foot range shooting wise and is not a good free throw shooter. But that's it. The Celtics don't need it. They've got enough guys like that. They're getting Gordon Hayward back, for goodness sake. They have enough guys like that. They need a guy to come in, sub for Al Horford, who can run the floor, dunk, grab rebounds, block shots. All right. World Cup coming up next. Joey Galino, Yahoo Sports, as we continue, brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar is indeed second to none, led by the barrels and the dills. All right, World Cup time. And Joey Galino from Yahoo Sports joins us. Joey, it's great to hear you back with us again. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, unfortunately, I'm here instead of Russia, but uh, so is uh, the United States. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a country of 335 million people. Um, we can't find 20 dudes. <laughs> That's the question, isn't it? Uh, you know, what's funny is that uh, the World Cup qualifying failure, disaster, whatever word you want to call it, uh, you know... It, it actually took a lot of confluence of events to actually happen on the final night even. You know, it, it wasn't just that the U.S. lost to Trinidad and Tobago in Port of Spain. There was a couple other results that had to go against the United States to miss out on even the fourth place spot, which would have been a playoff against, I believe, New Zealand? Or either way, a team that, you know, we would be expected to beat uh, and qualify. It's, 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 I always say, like, the only actual federation it's tough to qualify out of is South America because there's so many good teams down there and there's only like five spots. Uh, but yeah, that was, it was not a great look for the United States. Change is in store. All right. Uh, I want to get to the actual World Cup. Alf, uh, why is Argentina not meshing? That's a question they've been asking themselves for, what, 22 years, I think, something like that, maybe 25. Like, they haven't won a major international title since 93. And when you have a guy in Lionel Messi, who a lot of people consider the greatest player of all time, I do, frankly, um, and build a team around him that can win, it's unfortunate. You know, they uh, there's a lot of talent there. Not sure they've ever had enough to kind of put it all together. And granted, it's kind of hard to play with Messi because he's so good and because he, he, he you know, his link-up play and his ability is so fantastic that sometimes it's difficult to figure out how to best position it for the team to win, if that makes sense. And they actually rebelled against their manager this morning. Uh, there's reports that there was like a mutiny before the game um, against manager Jorge uh, Sampaoli and the players were not happy with him and I think Messi also, frankly, shares some of the feels the weight uh, of not having won an international title. Because I think, frankly, if he wins one, it you know that's the end of the discussion right there. Who's the greatest of all time? But it doesn't look like he's going to, and it's uh, it's tough. I mean, this is it's such a weird thing. International soccer, it's random, not consistent. You know, you're basically getting these guys from their club season uh, to come together, and you have to figure out your your formations and your strategy and stuff like that with a bunch of guys who are used to other stuff at different clubs. So it's a tricky thing to pull off, but, yeah, it's it's, you'd figure Argentina would have done better with it, but they haven't. 
Which then brings us to another prominent name, Ronaldo. Uh, I felt looking at the two sides, let's just take Spain, Portugal. Spain has better overall players. Portugal has Ronaldo. And 3-3 scored all three, and then he scored again. What what makes him to you special, and how? Uh, and does he compensate for the entire Portugal side because of how good he is? I think he does to a certain extent. I think, uh, you know, a couple summers ago, it's important to remember when, when Portugal won the European Championship in 2016, he was very, he was vital for them, obviously, but he also had to be subbed off after about 25 minutes thereabouts in the, in the final due to injury. And Portugal was able to kind of grind out from there. Like, you know, they, they, they have, they, they win possession. Like, they're pretty good off the ball, too. Like, you know, a lot of people don't realize it's really important to be good when you don't have the ball. As opposed to when you all, you know, when you do, but Ronaldo himself is, he's the second greatest player of all time. And I don't think he's ever been closer to maybe the number one spot. I think there's at least an argument there. And his career has been kind of him evolving from one thing to another. When he started, he was, uh, kind of this slender wing midfielder, uh, a number seven, if you will, for Manchester United. Yep. Then he became this like hulking, out and out number nine goal scorer striker like you, you could just stick him up top of a formation with Real Madrid and in his prime he was just incredibly athletic and you know he's, he's like a physical freak in a lot of ways and now he's sort of evolved into a guy who makes the most out of you know his, his body and his age and he doesn't do the things that he used to do but if you need him in a pinch headers whatever it may be you know on ball technical ability he's fantastic and it's just it, it, it's it's rare talent. Like there's there's almost no explanation for it. But I mean that's the best I can do. Obviously, Russia as the host country, uh, they they're obviously going to be energized just by having their fans there. I've always I've had the running joke that there are two buses outside the Russian locker room. One is a plush, beautiful, air conditioned bus that says Moscow on it. The other one's a dilapidated school bus that can barely get down the road that says Siberia. <laughs> uh, and so when it's over, they you know. It's which, but that's just a running joke. But why have they performed as well as they have? Is it just being at home, or how much better have they been able to get? I think there is a tangible quality to World Cup on a home soil. Uh, the only time France and England, for example, have ever won the World Cup was when they played in their home country. Yes. Um, you know, obviously, USA 94 was a big boost for the United States after having not made the tournament for, what, four decades before 1990, making knockout stages in 94. And, you know, there's examples of that. And I don't know if it's just, like, comfort that you're playing at home or, you know, maybe there's more of your crowd in in stages. But there is some – but I also think it's fair to – I because they actually did not play that well in the Confederations Cup last summer, which is a tournament held every year before the World Cup, a, a, a run, mm-hmm. if you will, for right. host nations. And they were bad. And I actually – and, you know, they, they I wasn't sure that they put something together like this. But – uh, the manager um, actually played for the country back in the 90s, I believe. He, you know, he so he knows what he's working with, and he's done well to get the most he can out of his player pool. And there's been a couple guys who who stepped up. Uh, there was actually a lot of questions about their back line, their defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played very well, and you know that was never more apparent than the other day when they had to shut down the Egypt uh, Molossal. And you know, there's a little bit of you know. 
maybe he was a little off the pace, but you know, Russia's definitely impressed. They've been a lot better than a lot of people thought they would be, including myself. And I think it's partially due to the fact that they're playing on home soil. But I also think that, you know, saying that that's the the main reason would be a discredit to how and how well they've uh, uh, you know been structured and and whatnot. Finally, uh, who do you think still wins it? I still think Brazil is going to win it. Yeah. I think that they've been kind of they've been pretty bad so far. Like mm-hmm. Neymar, obviously. Missed most of the second half of the season due to injury and he's kind of just getting back up to speed now but the scary thing is you know they, they drew switzerland in a game where switzerland's tactics were clearly just to to rough up neymar and make someone else beat them if you will and they brazil still they drew that game and today they played costa rica and you know they scored a couple late goals but they had a bunch of chances before that so it's kind of like I think they're going to get up to speed again and that's what's scary you know they've got four points after a win and a draw through two matches against decent opposition and they're not even close to clicking yet and I think just top to bottom they have the best talent in the entire tournament so if not them then Germany and that's I know kind of the easy answer but I, I still think <laughs> <they're gonna do> it. <laughs> Joey always a pleasure thanks so much for the time and in four years from now maybe we'll do this conversation when you're in <clears throat> Cutter <laughs> Cutter yeah during the winter that'll be weird that'll be great November December great <laughs> Joe, thanks so much. Always a pleasure. It's great catching up with you. Sure thing. Thanks uh, for having me. Joey Galino from Yahoo Sports. <laughs> Cutter. November and December. Right in the middle of the NFL season. Oh, yeah. That'll, that'll stick out in the U.S. And yeah, we'll see if it even happens first. That's uh, a very good question. Everyone has their doubts as to whether it happens. That's why I think that the United States, Mexico, Canada bid is so intriguing because you already have so many stadiums in this country, Mexico and Canada, that can handle this, that if Qatar doesn't work and they're not going to play there, they could easily play the World Cup here in 2022. Interesting. Paul Alexander, next half hour. Rich Scarcella at 406 and the Mystic from the East in the final half hour. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. It's the first weekend of summer. Stock up now with imports, domestics, microbrews, wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. Don't forget about the fresh, hot, roasted peanuts. They're right there at the register in the bags. And the pickle bar being second to none, led by the barrels of the dills. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And I'm in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. By the way, don't forget that a week from tomorrow will be lit for life. Saturday, June 30th, 11 a.m., at Holuba Hall. Moved up, usually it's the Saturday of Arts Festival, but with the new calendars and so forth, uh, June 30th is the right weekend for them to do this. And so a week from tomorrow will be Lift for Life. We'll have more on that next week, obviously, as we work our way through. And 
Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, unquestionably second to none. And happy 50th anniversary, Brewers Outlet. When you're in business that long, you've done a lot right. Okay. Let's get to the this day in sports history, then Paul Alexander, Rich Scarcella, next half hour. 1939, the first U.S. water ski tournament held at Jones, Jones Beach on Long Island. 1939, Joe Lewis defeated Max Schmeling in 124 seconds. 1979, the Edmonton Oilers, Hartford Whalers, Quebec Nordiques, and Winnipeg Jets joined the NHL. That allowed the NHL to expand to 21 teams. The Edmonton Oilers are still in Edmonton. The Whalers are now the Carolina Hurricanes. The Nordique are now the Colorado Avalanche. And the Winnipeg Jets happen to be the Arizona Coyotes. You're saying, no, wait a minute. minute. There is a Winnipeg Jets. Yes, there happens to be a Winnipeg Jets. But that's the old Atlanta Thrashers that moved and took the name again. Winnipeg Jets. Eric Lindros was selected first overall by the Quebec Nordiques in the 91 NHL entry draft. Never played for them. He ended up with the Philadelphia Flyers. Michelle Wee won her first USGA title at the age of 13 in 2003. She was the youngest person to win any adult USGA event. And in 2016, the NHL Board of Governors voted unanimously to expand to 31 teams. They gave an expansion team to Las Vegas who then in their initial season made the Stanley Cup final. (laughs) Seattle, I think, is going to be next. And with that, we turn our attention to the West, to one of my favorite people. We've probably been friends 35, 36, 37 years maybe. We might go back that far, 37, 38 years. Paul Alexander. Paul, my good friend, it is great to hear you again. Steve, it's been too long. How have you been? Yeah, it has been too long. I've been doing well, and I hope you are doing well. Uh, Hanging in? Yeah. Um, do you, here it is, uh, June 22nd. Do you read on exactly how good the Pittsburgh Pirates are or are not? Well, they were 26 and 17 at one point. I thought they were pretty good then. Uh, then the next month of baseball, they played. Well, they were winning probably one out of every four. Yeah, uh, about probably twenty-four games. So, I think right now this is who they are. Yeah. They uh, pitch well. Uh, they'll win games. Um, you know, just when you thought after two really quality starts from Chad Cool that maybe they had found someone that was going to be that kind of that stopper, that that solidifier in the lineup uh, as far as rotation goes. That you know, if there's any kind of losing skid going on. Uh, be that guy that would make sure that would come to an end, but you know, three nothing, six nothing, eight nothing, that kind of changes your mind in a hurry after after three innings of baseball. Right. So, 
But hey, Stephen Brawl pitched well. That's you know following up his uh, tremendous rendition of the national anthem the other night. Yeah. I don't know if you caught that, and I'm insane. Yeah, no, I so didn't. Yeah, there's that. I don't know how that's going to help them. You know, toward the All Star break, but can't sing. You can't take that away from them. No, you can't take that away from them. Um, but it, it's 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 got to be something that's more than the season highlight for everybody. So <laughs> right now, I would say over the last three weeks, that has been it. Yeah, that's been, that has been it. Uh, obviously, school's now out, so if there's any hope based on past pattern that attendance will pick up. Uh, that the fans are voting right now as to how they feel about the earnings? I think it's been pretty obvious, Joe. Uh, they had a real difficult time selling, which if there's ever a telltale sign uh, for a Major League Baseball town, that should be a very difficult ticket to get, Yes, not one to get rid of. And uh, to me, and both... You know, Frank Coonley's a great Penn Stater, and I'm a big, big fan. Yeah, Frank, uh, yeah. I, and yes, I am a, I, I'm a big, no, I'm a big Frank Coonley guy, too, so exactly. I agree with you. Yep. But, it, but at the same time, um, the narrative cannot be, and it continues, if you want us to spend money, you need to come to the club. That's not the way it works. Yeah. I mean, especially when it's perceived when you trade away, Arguably, and again, I think the return on both the Cole and Kutch trades were both pretty favorable. Those two guys away. You're the only club in Major League Baseball not to add a professional free agent during the offseason. Mm-hmm. You know what? Don't the fans have the right to judge ownership as to the direction they feel the ball club's going? Yet, you and I, I've gone back and really looked at this. Usually when you trade veteran for prospects... All right. Usually, when that happens, you don't get the re- you don't really get a great return. I mean, because you they're prospects for a reason. Nobody knows. Correct. I mean, the natural means haven't done it yet. Yeah. I mean, and you. I mean, you. We can go back. I'll tell you the the, the guy. Hunter Pence. Hunter Pence has been acquired oh, yeah. by teams for eight prospects. Okay, two trades. Okay, none of the prospects panned out. He has because he's the established guy. And by the way, just I, you know, that name just intrigues me because you watch the guy run, he looks awkward. Yep. But he's he's fast. Mm-hmm. You watch him throw, you think, oh my gosh, like how did this guy even get through Little League? <laughs> Big time arm, arm, right? Right. And then you watch him hit, not quite as unorthodox as the other two, but this guy is a great, and I mean great, all around ball player that looks as awkward as anyone I've ever seen play the game. It's bizarre. Yeah. Well, I want to bring Not up that has, that has nothing to do with anything. No, I know, but still, I know what you're saying, Paul. Uh, when they, you talk about uh, show up, and if you do, we'll spend the money. Right? Every major league club on March 31st got 50 million dollars from the mm-hmm. Balcos. Okay, so doesn't every club have money, including the Pittsburgh Pirates? Including the Pittsburgh Pirates? Oh, no question. And. and I mean, how often is that brought up in Pittsburgh that they got the $50 million? Oh, it, it's – and the thing is, you know, now, I mean, the thing – I'm a big fan of being objective. I have called it as I've seen it, For, be it whether I'm it, right or okay. wrong. You and I have said, what, known each other, what, 35, 36 yeah. years, 37 it, years? Or I should blame you for you gave me the first job in this crazy business. <laughs> I don't – again, there are days that I love you for it, days that I want to kill you. So, I mean, that's, that's I know that's, here and you're there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I wake up. He does something reasonably, you know, sane for a living. But no, I chose this. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, you know, I wanted to be like you. Oh, yeah, you know, 
that's it's always been it's always been my fault. <laughs> I wake up every day in my own house and I'm told the same. So well, I mean, I mean, what's the difference? <laughs> Steve, we're 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 white middle aged uh, Americans. It's our fault, every, and we're male. <laughs> we it's all our fault. Yeah, for heaven's sake. Yeah, but. I think it's it's brought up to the point now where, and again, you look at Colin Moran and you look at um, some of the other, you know, returns on these trades. I'm extremely optimistic, you know, from what I've seen. Musgrove's not um, bad. Musgrove's yeah, not Musgrove bad. He's up out in, of the gate had me very yeah. excited. He's kind of, yeah. you know, unfortunately cooled off a little bit, but that first start was electric. You can certainly see him, you know, I think rounding him and being – at least a number three or a number four in that rotation and a, and a good one at that. Uh, so you just get Moran and Musgrove for Cole, who wasn't going to stay anyhow because mm-hmm. he's just not going to go anywhere but the highest bidder. The Pirates are never going to be that. We all know that, and I, I don't expect them to ever be the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. I mean, for heaven's sakes, in a cap league, the Steelers are never the highest bidder in, right. in free agency because that's you're a loser. You never get the value of over overspending for the hot, you know, the free agent of the month. Right. That's I mean, right. It, it just never works. I mean, it, it, even in a cap league, it doesn't work. So I'm, I'm very optimistic about it. I really think if you just watch, you know, you watch Corey Dickerson play two or three games, oh. you know, as much as Kutch was a face of the franchise, no, no, no. he just can't. No. I mean, he really cannot hit like this kid. So to me in the trades, they're big time winners. But now what you do when you, when you get rid of can you launch Cole's salary, don't you find a couple of other pieces maybe that you can now go out and get and actually really show the fan base, we are really trying to add on, we are really trying to build a contending team here. Now, 26 and 17, you can kind of say, look, we told you we knew what we were doing because we do. Now at two games under 500 and really not being even a decent ball club over the last month, month and a half, I think, once again, you can come under question, do you have a clue as to what you're doing? Can, you know, once he gets back on track, can Jung Ho Gung be a help? Absolutely. But, you know, they always say it's a problem to have when you have too many good players at a certain position. Mm-hmm. It's, really, it's really not. Because you look at Asuna, uh, there's nowhere for him to play. You look at this ridiculous four-player rotation in the outfield, that that doesn't make any sense either. I mean, you know, Meadows needs to play. He had one of the greatest professional starts in the history of the game, and he's still hitting well over 340. So, obviously, is going to be the shortstop because you know Moran's you know playing a lot of third base. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to uh, Jordy is really hot maybe because you know I think these players know exactly keep them around them behind them. Gung's been getting prepped. If he didn't have the wrist injury that he just suffered a couple of days ago. He might be up here right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, I mean, I see him as a th- healthy. I don't. I don't think there's anything, any reason not to believe that that is certainly what he's capable of. But where do you play him? Yeah. You have to play him a shortstop. You got to move Jordy. And you know what? They're happy to do so because guess what? He's coming up on free agency. On July 31st, is Josh Harrison still there? Um. If someone offers anything similar to uh, what the return was on Garrett, absolutely not. I mean, here's a guy that's making $10 million a year. I mean, he's a really good player, but I would maybe even, as much as I love his energy and I love what he's, I would really entertain, especially, you know, let, let's see if they're, 
they're once again four or five games above 500 on the on the you know the mystifying trade deadline date. Well, then no, you keep him. But if they're four or five games under that mark, I look to move them. State of the game. Um, it was interesting earlier in the week. There was an interesting anniversary that took place, and it was from 1942. It was the only time in Joe DiMaggio's career he struck it. Only time. Huh. Uh, it, it is a game that right now, if you were to it's the simplest, you know, doesn't as simple as always isn't always completely accurate. But it's right. now three results: strikeout, walk, home run. Is the game good to watch right now? And I don't mean just the Pirates; I mean the game itself. No, it's really not. Balls in play. Um, like I don't know if you happened to watch any of the pirate game last night, but I, I did. Uh, the the snakes turned that double play I think in the seventh inning. Mm-hmm. I mean I think it was Marte that started it with that unbelievable. I mean the ball was just jacked up the middle. He dives, makes a ridiculous uh, you know feed to the to the second or the shortstop to turn the double. Play. I mean I love great baseball. Yeah. I, I love to see yep. plays being made. Yeah. So and, and right now. Um, I think the the sabermetricians out there, they've turned it into it's not really it's not human beings aren't it's right. it's really a it's a video game it's robotic, and Clint Hurdle talks a lot about you know back when he played and again we're you know we're at that age now everything was back in the day and back when I did this <laughs> and I get that, but he said back when he played after striking out that walk back to the dugout was kind of a walk of shame yeah he said now. They don't even, there's not even, I mean, it's like, ah, yeah, whatever, I struck out. I mean, the only reason there's youth soccer in our country right now is because parents refuse to let their kids strike out. So they let them chase the, you know, the ball around on the uh, the pitch, as it were, <laughs> yeah. and play soccer because and we're not, I'm not going to watch Johnny strike out and cry. I'm not going to deal with that. Let's let him play soccer. And I apologize, especially, especially in the same week that the great Walt Barr Yes. Passed. I I have great respect oh. for soccer. I just I just like the kid because that's what we like to do sometimes. I I like to think there's still some folks out there with a sense of humor that like to have a little fun now and again. But I did want to say, by the way, if there was a finer man from a finer family uh, than Walt Barr, uh, I've never met them. Right. And Maybe. I just want to pass out my sincere condolences, absolute love for Davies, Chris, and Matt. I don't know Lindsay well. But um, I've got to be very close with Matt and Chris. And uh, I know you'll be a little jealous, but back in the day, Steve, when I used to work split shift at WMAJ, I would do the morning sports. You would come in and do the noon sports, which was like the, the sports cast for the ages. You would have 17 pieces of sound and a four-and-a-half-minute sports cast. And, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was seriously, it was legendary. But during that noon hour, I would usually go over to Rec Hall crash on the couch of the great Pete Kowalski mm-hmm. and the uh, assistant yep. sports information director yep. and visit with Walt Barr. <laughs> and I thought about that obviously the other day when I learned of Walt's passing. And I just thought, thought back so fondly of just having an audience with one of the great all-time soccer people in our country's history and one of the all-time great gentlemen and human beings that I'd ever met. As down-to-earth as any person you would possibly want to meet. And boy, did he do a great job with his sons, too. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he and Davies have a great family. And Davies and Walt married 71 years? Yeah, 71 years. Whew. 
Seven. I'd much rather talk about the Bars than the Pirates. <laughs> I think a lot of people would. Right <laughs> I don't know. I, I threw a nice change up in there, didn't I? No, but I thought it worked. I thought it worked well. Made the show better. Yeah. Mm. Hey. Great catching up with you. We don't talk often enough. Um, I know i got to get down to Pittsburgh here at some point when I do. Uh, Please get down, yes. Yeah. And I'm going to come up. There's a memorial on the 29th yeah. up there for you. I'd love to run into you there, my friend. That'd be great. Hey, you take good care, my friend. It's always good to hear you. Great, and you're doing great, great work. Steve, you're the best. God bless you, my friend. All right. Paul Alexander in Pittsburgh. Next half hour, we'll shift gears to Rich Scarcella. We'll talk Penn State football, a little NBA as well with Rich, because Lonnie Walker from Reading was selected last night. We're also going to talk a lot of football with Rich as well. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Stock up for the weekend and do it ASAP. I mean, I go out this evening. In fact, I'd listen to the next hour of the show and drive over and stock up. Imports Domestics Microbrews. It's the first of full weekend, officially summer. The best selection of beer anywhere. And wine coolers and water and soft drinks. Maybe you want to grill out this weekend. Well, a lot. I mean, great hot sauces. They have a lot of great stuff there. Snacks. Roast their peanuts fresh and not every day. Pickle bars second to none, led by the barrels and the dills. And it's all at Brewer's Outlet. Of course, the pickle bars second to none, led by the barrels and the dills. Unreal. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 to 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Uh, Brazil won today, 2-0. Nigeria beat Iceland, 2-0. Switzerland beat Serbia, 2-1. College World Series in Omaha, Oregon State leads Mississippi State, 3-1, bottom of the second, Arkansas. And uh, Florida will play tonight at 8. So there's what that is. Rich Scarcella next hour, my brother in the next hour. Our thanks to Joey Galino, Yahoo Sports on the World Cup in the opening half hour. Last half hour, Paul Alexander from Pittsburgh. You can check any of that out, by the way, on the Steve Jones Show podcast. All right, next hour, Rich Scarcella. A lot of Penn State football talk coming up in the next hour. We're looking forward to that. Always great to have Rich on. Rich taking a little time out of his vacation to join us. It's no way to spend a vacation, but I'm thrilled he took the opportunity to say, yeah, I'll talk with you guys. So Rich Garcella, next half hour here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.